With the COVID-19 pandemic forcing students in Athens TV into virtual learning, we tried to figure out how can we make this class experience better when you can't be doing video production on a daily basis. And the solution we came up with was guest speakers. Today, we talk with Samana Sheikh, a morning news anchor for Newsnet. Can you take us back to high school you and yeah. what kinds of things were you into? And was there anything there that set you on this path to becoming a, a journalist? So when I was in high school, I was always very talkative and very outgoing, but I had never in a million years saw myself as a TV anchor, to be honest. I wouldn't have ever seen myself on this path. Um, I legitimately remember there was one teacher who changed my view and actually put me on this path. Her name was Christina Hammett. She was my high school journalism teacher and she believed in me. I walked into her journalism class my sophomore year and I never had confidence in myself when I was like sophomore in high school. I believe that like my writing wasn't that well. I thought that I needed a lot of improvement. And I walked into her class. The first thing I said was, I'm going to let you know this right now. And, but I suck at writing and I don't know if you're going to like my stuff or what I do. And she looks at me and she's like, what makes you say that? I'm like, my grammar's not perfect. I need to improve on my grammar. I have so much stuff I have to do to make it far in life because I know I'm just gonna end up being a failure in this field if I ever try to go forward with it. And she was like, whoa, whoa, whoa there, stop right now. And she's like, we're going to work on all of your skills throughout the year. And throughout that entire year, we had this creative writing, um, storytelling assignment we had to do. And it was about what you could do to change the world. And I've always been a sperm believer where I felt like I hated so much of the stuff going on around the world. Like overseas, the poor, the amount of poor people, um, a lot of the, the, the tension going on with the world, a lot of the stuff going on with racial tension within the United States, a lot of stuff happening at a bigger level. And I wrote about each thing. The first paper I turned into her was about war in Syria at that time period. She read it and I, I told it from a perspective because it was a narrative from a two-year-old girl, no, a four-year-old girl at that time period. And she gave it back to me and said that she, she saw something in me. And that was the first step. And I looked at her, I'm like, what do you mean you see something in me? She's like, you could have a future career at this, Samana. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> and then... I told her, I was like, if I were to go into journalism, I don't know if I'd want to do writing necessarily. And she's like, well, there's other forms of journalism. You can do podcasts, you can do radio, you can do TV. And she was the one that told me I'd be perfect for TV. And me and her started training when I was about a junior in high school. She started doing fake teases with me. And I never joined forensics, but I still stayed after to learn the forensics teases for TV. And then that summer, I really did improve my, like, I just knew right away that I wanted to do something with when it came to reporting and anchoring and just being able to be at a larger market to spread a story to help other people. So I got to college. First thing I did was text Christina Hammett. And I'm like, I'm in college now and I'm going to be a journalist and I'm going to tell you how I do it. I joined all these journalism classes. First year I focused on writing. 
Second year, I focused on, I did a little bit of podcasting radio. I had my own radio show at OU. It was called Five Seconds of Samana. It was literally, <laughs> it was it was literally based off of Five Seconds of Summer. Not going to lie. That's where I took the name from, but I just kind of cheated it with my name. And we talked about global politics. I played, I had a 90s throwback Friday day. <laughs> a lot of Backstreet Boys and Beastie Boys on that one. And then... I joined a lot of the clubs and organizations that had to do with newspaper and journalism in general. Then about my junior year in high school, I started taking a lot of TV um, journalism classes. And from there I graduated with a degree in journalism with a minor in broadcasting. And then obviously it goes into finding a job where I was freaking out. I remember, <laughs> I was like, okay, now it's the step that I don't really know where to go. But throughout my time in college, I had a few internships and then I moved forward with everything and I applied to some positions here and there. I'm not going to lie. My first position didn't work out. I was only in, I was only in the newsroom for 45 days because I experienced some racism. And then I decided to quit my job and leave because I felt like I personally couldn't thrive in a racist environment. So I took a step back and I went to a government access channel called Shelby TV during my time there, and I was there for about seven months, best decision I ever made. I was able to really report on all the featurey fun things happening in the community. I was able to grow a network. I was able to see the stuff going on on a local level. And then I posted a, a newsreel, which is literally everything that you do on your time frame, into a YouTube um, I guess clip if anyone doesn't know what that is and then I posted it on my LinkedIn and I ended up scoring the position I have today so that is my life story <laughs> yeah well I feel like you did all the right things especially when you were in school you know trying out different clubs and just getting experience because experience seems to be one of the big drivers of all this and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth but I'm guessing no one gave you a job because they saw that you had a degree from OU now and then that opened all the doors. Nothing against OU, of course. I just don't think it works like that anywhere. So did you have any other like internships or experience or was it really that that Shelby TV that kind of got you going? So I had an internship with Bridge Magazine and I actually got that through my sister-in-law because she had known someone from Bridge. And she set it up and then me and them had a great conversation. And I led in 2018 Michigan's truth tour. And it was back when the governor was getting, um, she was getting elected. So I'd go around the entire state of Michigan with them as an intern. And I would go to all the fun, cool festivals and everything and hand out brochures and all the candidates and tell them exactly what each candidate stood for. So they would know exactly what to vote for. And that was a part of the reason why I was in the field from the start. I'm trying to, I'm not, I'm trying to literally just help people understand, you know, you can help the world by the local level. You can spread stories. You don't need to have a biased perspective on anything. Just tell people who it is and go from there. So first internship I had was with Bridge Magazine. Another internship I had was with Civic Center TV. So I had that for about like a few months. They taught me how to set up a tripod and how to <laughs> shoot video. <laughs> important I skills still am, I, I don't have the muscle for a camera I can honestly say that I get so tired whenever I pick one up but that's what I learned over there and I hosted a parenting on the go show as an intern 
and I talked to parents about ways that they should raise their kids. Oh, I should have tuned into that. The because... irony of the situation. Because yeah. <laughs> I was only a 17-year-old doing this. <laughs> well, uh, as a parent, I can say we will take help no matter where it comes from and advice because every day is a new day. <laughs> every day is a new day. Um, yeah. So I, I'm also a fan of the local journalism. Um, I'm probably one of those. And you seem like a very nice person, but when I think of the, the evils in society, it's the media and not the local ones, right? Yeah. But that national that level, they just seem to get away with so many of the things that I'd be telling these kids in class, you just can't do that, like anonymous <laughs> sources and, oh, I heard this. And it's, so it, t talk a little bit first about uh, where you're currently at and what is the goal of, of Newsnet? Like, how do we access that and what kinds yeah. of things are you guys covering? So I am the morning anchor, like I said before. Um, you can literally watch my show from 4 a.m. up until 1130. And it's all accessed online through Newsnet.com. It's very different type of journalism because I guess it launched last year, the beginning of last year. And what our goal is to spread non-biased national news, where it's the who, what, where, what, who, what, when, where, and why. That's it. I'm not trying to put a perspective in for pro-democracy, pro-republic. No, we're just trying to like spread the facts. That's it. And I am a strong believer in the fact that the media nowadays is really not good. They are very biased. They try to put words in people's mouths. The way they conduct interviews isn't the proper way to do it. So that's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Well, I, I appreciate that because all I, all I want is the facts. And I think what this whole pandemic has really shed a light on is it's hard to find uh -huh. accurate information <laughs> and you, you, you just don't know what you can trust. You don't know who's getting what from where it's just it's really hard to be an informed citizen if you're trying to follow along with this reality show that has become the national news and i both understand why it's gone that way because ratings and money and i i get it but um, at the expense of really the public and i think they've lost sight of the fact that they kind of provide a service for everyone and I think they still want the accolades for doing that, but they just need to hold up a mirror to see, look, I don't like care what side you're on. It's, it's a disaster. It's crazy. And the way I like to think of it is when I, I like the original CNN, Center News Network. That's what they stand for. They're supposed to be non-biased at the center. They're not supposed to be pro-democratic, pro-Republican, nothing, just the who, what, when, where, and why. But I think with time, as you said, the money, the sponsors, all of that kind of got in the way. And that's the reason why it is what it is. And I don't think a lot of the, the reporters nowadays, a package should only be a minute and 30 seconds to two minutes, which is a reporting package. It's a story where it's like a reader, a, a person tuning in needs to be well-informed by something. But obviously our attention spans are not that long. At that point, you're writing a documentary. And what I've noticed is coming in from these larger sources, all of their stories are like 10 minutes long and they're not following proper journalism at all. And that's not something that anyone should look up to. I think that our new generation can change a lot of that. Um, there's been a little you know, fluff in the way things are done, but if we get the right people up there to change it, then anyone can change the world. Yeah. 
It's just about the way you view it and just keeping that positive attitude. But at the same time, yes, there's going to be hardships. Um, When I had that racist experience toward me, I was completely fresh out of college within 45 days. And my photojournalist, because I was a reporter in field, she was taking the video for me. She told me no one wanted to see a girl like me on camera. Um, My curly hair was nappy and ugly. Um, I didn't deserve to be in front of the camera and basically put me down in every way possible so I didn't have confidence to continue going. And I'm not going to lie, it did break me. It got to the point where I was crying every night to my family saying, maybe I don't deserve to be in this field. Maybe it's not for me. And that's when I realized, no, I need to sign my resignation because this isn't for me, this place at least. It's not the environment I can grow in. I left. And like I said, Shelby TV, best experience of my life. I ended up meeting Mick, Nick Monticelli from Channel 4 over there. And he's like a photog and a reporter over there. And he kind of brought my confidence out. He was like, you're only 20, like two to 23. What are you saying right now? You're not like a 75 year old woman who's been through it all. You deserve this as much as the next person deserves it. And he kind of made my confidence come out again and said that it doesn't matter if you're bad at first, everyone's going to be bad at first. I'm going to put that out there. But when you keep continuing to grow and you continue to tell yourself that you deserve it, you are going to continue to succeed in life that's when you will continue to grow and you'll continue to get forward and forward and forward. You should never be done growing. That's my biggest advice. (laughs) That's, that is good advice. And I, man, I'm, I'm always surprised by that, just the hate that people can have. And I don't want to continue digging into the dark times in your career, but I'm curious, not just, um, with your background, but as a, as a female, as a woman, you always hear that there's a different standard, especially in this industry. And I know our first reporter that came in was talking about some of the comments she get was like, Oh, you're, you shouldn't have done that to your hair or um, your makeup yeah. was off. But to me, like if, if I was going to be a male anchor, I'd like to, th- I, I don't think anyone would ever comment on her makeup. They probably not even paying attention. So what's it exactly. like even as a it's, female it's, in this industry, lot. even nowadays, I, I sometimes will have, I will have to sometimes tell my boss that I will leave my hair curly, whether they like it or not. Um, they consider curly hair unprofessional in their eyes, especially being an anchor on TV. They say that they want my hair to be completely straight all the time. They expect me to, you know, they, they want my hair to be straight and they want me to carry myself in a different light where it's like, you should do this with your eyebrows this day, this with your lips. And I look at them and I say, listen, you hired me in because you like me. Do you not? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, so let me do me and you do you. I'm going to continue being me and being a happy person. And I'm going to continue in this field because I'm in it for the right reasons, not because my hair looks good one way or the other. And then they just shut up and they move on with their life. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's always amazing to hear those stories of just, I, and I know like as a male that the stand it's just so wildly different. So different. That's one thing for sure. You have to you have to fight a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. You have to be able to have that stern voice sometimes to tell them, no, I'm gonna do it this way. You mind your own business. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, if there is some type of constructive criticism, yeah, I don't mind taking that. Like if I'm not if I said something wrong, for instance, like if I stutter or say something wrong, yeah, I'll take the constructive criticism, but with hair, makeup. It's a very different, a different type of. Right. So 
One of the big things we hear to revisit our favorite topic, the media, um, fake news, yeah. right? And <laughs> if Newsnet is is going to be promoting themselves is that this is just the facts, I'm guessing you even still get people like, no, that's that's fake. So how how as a journalist do you guard against fake news? So I actually had a very fun email I had to answer this morning. All right. <laughs> <laughs> a, new, a viewer didn't like the fact that I talked about the new Cinnabon rolls coming out at Walmart. And I got so to admit, like I got to admit, that's I did it. not on my and radar in any way is the, yeah. the Cinnabon rolls at Walmart, but okay. They got angry about the Cinnabon rolls at Walmart because I said that you can find them in the frozen food aisle. But they said that they found them in a different aisle when they went to Walmart. Wow. Yeah. Fake and news. They blame me for being fake news because I didn't tell them exactly where the employees at Walmart put their cinnamon rolls. And I just laughed. I literally sat there and I laughed for 15 minutes. And then I had every person in the newsroom come and read that email because we and then we all started laughing. So then I replied back to it in a very nice professional manner. I said, to whom it may concern. <laughs> Thank you so much for sending this, me this email and letting me know about the Cinnabon story. However, if I am sorry if you view this as fake news, but I do not work at Walmart. At the end of the day, from what I heard, it was in the frozen food aisle. I hope that this reaches you well. Stay, keep, keep tuning in to Newsnet Mornings. Yeah. So would there be like your director or producer? Are they going to come after you and say, you know, Samana, you really could have sourced this from four more people about the Cinnabon <laughs> story or... If you're out putting together a piece, how many, how many sources are you confident in getting? Uh, like if a big, uh, like a big story came through, like let's let's pretend you know there was an accident uh, outside Athens High School and someone calls it in. Like how much more research do you need to do before you feel confident running with it? We usually get um, a brief right from the police department that will tell us if accidents come through. And then that's just it for us because we get that right from the police department. The chief will say it. And then all I have to do is rewrite that entire press release and then put it on air because I am my own producer and I anchor. So I come in early and I will create the entire show. I'll write it and I'll create the video content to go with it. And then I anchor the entire thing. And then I will have my, um, she usually just tapes me. I don't, she's a videographer. She'll tape it and she'll just put it on air for me. But I do all the other stuff myself. So I'm a one girl show. Yeah, that's, that seems to be more and more the way things are going, that you have to have the skill set to do it all. Um, it's, it's very, it's <laughs> I mean, just because it's expensive, you know, to yeah. have the sound guy and the camp, like you got to do it all on your own. So do you feel any pressure with that? I imagine I some some ways you feel. Every day I go in and I'm like, I hope I don't mess up on a name. I hope I don't do this. But at the end of the day, my biggest, like, I literally will just look at it after I'm done. I go through practice runs and I YouTube pronunciations. Because not only am I just doing Newsnet Mornings, um, we just signed a deal with K2 in Wyoming. It's their news leader. So I'm on all of the local Fox and ABC channels in Wyoming right now. And I have to outsource a show to them. So right after I'm done doing the morning show, I have a producer who does, I mean, the, the morning show, I have a producer who does the Wyoming overnight, but I have to go in and I have to find press releases that happened in the last two hours and put together another show altogether. And I have an hour to do it and get the 5.30 a.m. deadline to them. So I get done at 4.30, then I go right into writing and producing again. 
And then me and Haley, who is my um, videographer, we rush into the studio and I just record it as a dry run all the way through. And it is what it is. And I send it right over to Wyoming. And if they have issues with it, then I'm like, okay, well, let me quickly re-record this really fast. Once I'm done with that, I'm just telling you about my whole day at this point. No, it's, it's... <laughs> once, I'm, once I'm done with that, I usually um, will make a kicker for them, which is like a soft news story. And I'll send it to them as well. And then I update, you know, a ticker is the line at the end of mm -hmm. the screen that you usually see with all the headlines and news for the day. I update that. And then I upload all of the videos that I did in the cast that morning to the Facebook page for Newsnet. And I take like a 30 minute break and then I go right back into doing an 8 a.m. update. And then after I'm done with that, the same old spiel. And then I produce a health segment for the next day. And then I go home. And then you come back and do it all again. And I do it all over again every single day. So like where 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 do the ideas come from? Like how like it's it's kind of cool that you get all this control over things you're gonna do, but it's there's awesome also that pressure like, of I get to do it's me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything I'm producing out there is literally something I wrote, something I produced. So I'm proud of it. Every little piece of it. Even though we do get our video from like other sources, we're signed with News Source, which comes from CNN. They give us the video content and sometimes scripts and stuff. And I'll rewrite the scripts and everything. Um, but most of the time, if a breaking, I usually look at all the wires. So I look at AP. First thing I do is look at AP. I look at CNN. I look at CBS. I look at all of the other news channels to see what they're reporting on. And then I come up with a good topic list for the day of what's going on with the government and everything happening in the United States. That's, yeah, I, I'm. And this is at the end of your day reminder, this right? Is, this is like being up at one in the morning right now. So this is that's why I'm on six cups of coffee. <laughs> uh, I I feel stressed just hearing you talk about all that needs to be turned around in a single day. It's but I know some people thrive in that atmosphere. Like you know, you got to get it done because no one else is gonna. I yeah, that's the reason why. Like if I know I have to do it, I usually like just go forward and I continue to understand. Like listen. I'm a one girl show. No one else is going to help me right now. I got to keep going. And I, perp I continue to say that to myself. And then once I'm done with the day and I see it on screen, I'm like, okay, I made it. I can go home. I can eat breakfast. <laughs> what, what's, what's like your life outside of work? Like, like, what do you do during your you time? If that even exists. So it barely exists. I'm not going to lie. Um, throughout the week, I feel like I'm a baby sleeping Fridays. I catch up on sleep. I have Saturdays and Sundays off. Well, Sundays, technically I have to go back into work at midnight, but on those days I'll go home to see my family. And because I live near Traverse city up North in mm -hmm. Michigan, cause this is all coming from Cadillac, Michigan. Gotcha. So I'll just drive three hours down and see my family and then play with like my nephews. Cause I have four baby nephews and they are my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'll come back and do it all over again because yep. the way I view it is it's a stepping stone. Right. So that, I guess that's my next question from where, where do you see going from here? I really, really want to have a talk show in the future. Like Oprah, I want to be able to talk about humanitarian crises. I want to be able to have that one-on-one -on -one, to be able to hear stories, to be able to go to war zones and talk to kids who have been affected by war. That's what I really want to do. And I want, I think by hearing those stories and those specific instances will change the world. Yeah. And I agree. And I hope you get there and I think you can. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's the goal. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to officially do it, but I'm going to try as hard as I can. And that's what you got to do. But I imagine 
you probably have some kind of plan how to get there. So how do you, what, you probably have some, some wheels in motion already. Like what (laughs) sorts of things do you do to, to really put the foundations under these, these dreams that are up in, up in the clouds right now? So right now um, I'm working on a newsreel because my year is actually coming up for Newsnet. And I promised myself I would never settle in an area for longer than a year to two years because then you get too comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I never want to get too comfortable in a position. And I'm right now I'm setting up another reel with my anchoring skills and I'm going to post it on LinkedIn, post Mm -hmm. it on Indeed, post it on any type of platform I can get. And I want to get to a local station in Illinois because that's a huge market. Mm -hmm. And then from there, go up, keep going up the ladder. Because I have to get onto some type of local news in a bit. Yep, get on there and then move to CNN and spread and fake news around happens. the country, and away we go. <laughs> Hopefully, I can meet Anderson Cooper. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it's 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 just that ladder, you know. It, and it's a ladder. It's I, really hard, though. Like I'm not gonna lie, it's not an easy job. There are days where I get so stressed out and so tired, where I'm like, do I even want to do this? But then I remind myself, and I'm like, you know what? This is what I work hard for. At the end of the day, it's because it's because it, the world is so crappy. It needs good journalists. Yep. Well, and yeah, it's and just doing, doing, it. doing what you love too. Cause I think the, the refrain that I always hear with kids that want to go into film TV is it's very competitive and you know what? Yeah. So is everything else being a doctor, being a lawyer. And there's days that, that I feel like I can't keep doing this anymore. Even in teach, like it, that's just part of the job. Sometimes like mm-hmm. having a job can be hard cause it's never, like, I love my job. It is my dream job, but you got to set aside that part of the dream that is it's going to go exactly how I want it to go every single day. If I wanted to go exactly how I wanted it to, I wouldn't have lasted at my first position for 45 days. Right. I'm not even going to lie. I was so embarrassed when I first came home from that. I didn't tell anyone. I was embarrassed, even though I had no reason to be embarrassed. It was because the company did something that was completely wrong. And I, at the time period, was young and I didn't tell HR and I didn't tell anyone. And I thought that that's what was, that was TV, that people were mean. But little did I know, it's just because one company does something wrong doesn't mean there's a bunch of bad apples out there. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to, if you have any questions, just throw them in the chat. Um, cause we're keeping some on up way past her bedtime. It's okay. It's a Friday. I'm chilling. <laughs> oh, okay. But, um, yeah. So just, you know, going, if you could go back to you in high school, it sounds like you, you, you did all the right steps, but Thank what's, you. what's the one thing someone that wants to get into this field, whether it's journalism or any kind of film TV, what, what should they start doing now? Um, whether you did it or you wish you would have done it, what's, what would you begin with? I would have started a YouTube series. I'm not going to lie. That's the easiest, most fun thing that you guys can all do. Start off a YouTube series or a podcast, something that just gets your views out there for anything you want to do. Whether for instance, I have a new hobby. I'm upcycling a lot. I had to get my stress out by taking coffee tins and painting them and making them into fun creations. You could do an entire segment about that. Or you could do fun things with, you know, world news if you're into that or other fun hobbies like fashion or anything, blog your life, do something that lets your views be heard. I wish I did that because then I would have, you know, already kind of had a feel for being in front of camera if I wanted to go in front of camera or if I wanted to be in radio, my voice is already out there. I can practice my voice. I can practice my writing skills. It's all 
where you start. And YouTube for sure is one of those areas that people kind of give it, they don't give much credit to it because they're like, oh, it's YouTube. No, you can practice a lot on YouTube and get discovered and get paid. If you get famous, you can get like $20 for not much. It's not a lot of money, but $20 a show and that's good pocket money. Yep. And just doing it like yeah. that's that's the first question that comes up when anyone says they want to be a filmmaker. All right. Just show me it. your film. Yeah. And what 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 exactly are you if you have nothing to show then? Exactly. Someone who would Literally, like to be a filmmaker. Yep. It has a camera on there. It has a video camera that's pretty good nowadays that are it's the same value as a camera you'd buy out there. You can go on Amazon, you can buy a plug-in mic and a tripod, hook it up to that and even do interviews on your phone. I have actually made an entire news story right on my phone in college. One of my, that was a challenge for my final and I did it all on my phone and it was the most fun experience because guess what? You're not lounging around that heavy camera. Yes. And it's like, on top of that, you don't feel stressed because you're doing it with your phone. So you can't, you're not going to be completely taking it to heart if something goes wrong, you know? Yeah. It's, it's amazing when, because I hear that a lot. Oh, this was done on my phone. Like you, you don't even notice anymore. You don't. Like it's... I heard all of like, you know, the dark night that ha like came out a few years ago. That was all parts of the movie were filmed on a phone. Yeah, that's nuts. And the, I often hear the line that it's the, the camera they used on Star Wars, which Star Wars did pretty well, is oh, not as powerful as the, as the, and this is like the, back to the iPhone 7. Like it's not even that powerful that they were using to make Star Wars. So and that's insane to yeah. me. Not many excuses out there. If you're looking to become a filmmaker, you, you got you, you got your it. start. Just get started. And then from there, everyone will see a dream. Like, I don't know if anybody is like a rap fan or not, but if you guys know J. Cole, he sat outside Jay-Z's house every single day with his mixtape in his hand until Jay-Z listened to it. And then he, he was founded. Yeah. So if he can do it, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, and there's, there's just no clear path, which I think is both the frightening part and the exciting part. Like you, it still frightens me. Sometimes I'm like, are my goals going to get complete? There's not a path that I have to follow because I'm like a lot of my friends who are becoming attorneys and doctors, they have that path. They take the MCAT, then they go through rotations and then they become all this stuff. And I'm like, but with me, I have to figure out a way I have to keep continuously going. It's scary, but at the same time, it's like, once you have that goal inside of you, you're like, you're going to make it happen no matter what happens.